and welcome to this special fixture release day episode of the Brunton Bugle, your one-stop shop for all things Carlisle United in the world of podcasts. From Richard Tracy to Rod Thomas and Jabbo Abire to Lloyd Isaacson, we've got it covered. In today's episode, we're going to be, oh, as we mentioned previously, taking a look at United's fixture list for the League 2 season coming up, uh, discussing some of the comings and goings over the summer at United and a few bits of news as well. Uh, we'll give our views as well on the new home and away kits, which were released this week and the changes to the catering setup. And we've got a, a mega update on what Explodes have been getting up to over the last month or so since our last episode. Uh, I'm joined on this episode by one of my co-hosts, and it's Dan McLennan. Dan, how's it going, Mara? Not bad, mate. Yeah, it's not too bad, is it? it, it it's kind of weird, isn't it? it it's been a bit of a topsy-turvy summer at Brunton Park, hasn't it? But it, I suppose Euro 2020 has been a bit of a distraction, hasn't it, really? People maybe haven't noticed as much. Yeah, I mean, I think I think May was uh, pretty quiet, wasn't it? Once the uh, mm. release list was out and that, but uh, this this last week certainly uh, things have speeded up. I think the players are actually in for fitness testing today, so oh, that's go. always like the precursor to pre-season training. So yeah, I think like sort of pre-seasons are a bit messed up over the last few seasons, aren't they? With the with what happened with COVID and stuff like that, and. I think next season's going to be just as bad, isn't it? Because we, we we still don't know what's happening with the 22-23 season because that's obviously when the World Cup's going to be right back in the middle of it, isn't it? So I don't think it'll affect us too much. <laughs> Possibly not, but you'd imagine this. I do wonder if the leagues will say, well, we don't really want to have games on while the World Cup's happening, do they? So nah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what's Qatar, three or four hours ahead? So I don't think they'll I don't think they'll affect it that much. But it's the evening kickoffs, know. isn't it? I suppose they'll yeah. on the weekends they'd clash with our weekend fixtures. I wonder if they might have some like midday kickoffs or something like that in the, yeah, the yeah. football league in those days. But there you go. Put anyway. a big screen in the waterworks, get it running early, <laughs> make some money. Yeah, not 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 the bad idea at all, is it really? All right, then let's get on to the uh, the news bit. Um, so first up, let's go and talk about the the summer comings and goings at Brunton Park, Dan. Um, so it's been a few weeks since we were last on and there's been plenty of activity down Brunton Park like, first up let's talk about the players that have been left Brunton Park in that time um, firstly Captain Nick Anderson he's um, turned down his new deal he's joined new relegated League 2 club Bristol Rovers on a two year deal um, it's one of those ones isn't it I don't think people are that disappointed about are they really in one sense they would have been okay with him staying but the fact that he's gone is not a a major upset, is it really? No, the emergence of Jack Armour towards the end of last season is obviously at the forefront of most people's thoughts when uh, we discuss this. You know, Anderton was probably going to start as the backup sort of left-sided defender. So he's been offered a two-year deal. I think we would obviously only offer him a year, I'm guessing. You can't blame him, can you? Yeah, the, the, the talk I've heard is that he was offered reduced terms based on the fact that he 
wouldn't be a guaranteed first choice in that position anymore. So you can totally understand why he took the option to go yeah, to Bristol yeah. Rovers, and it's you know, Thank, it's good. thanks for your thanks for your eighteen months a year type thing. Yeah, it, it, it's a good move for him as well. To be fair, moving to a club of that size, so yeah. Good luck to him. Uh, the next two we can sort of combine together, can't we? Really, I think uh, Ofrande Zanzala and Paul Farman. Now they've both turned down their new deals, and uh, they've made the trip down the Cumbrian coast to join Barrow on two-year deals. Um, first up, Zanzala. That's one I think fans are really disappointed with because he he made such a good impact after a slow start, and he looked happy here. He seemed to be pretty comfortable with staying at Brunner Park, and. Suddenly, he's turning up at um, Barrow. Now, the, the talk I've heard is that League One clubs were actually keen on him and his agent was sort of saying to the club, well, you know, League One clubs have offered this, so y- y- unless you can match it, there's no chance we're going to be staying. We'll, we'll put one thing out there, and I've been told from a very good source that Barrow are seriously throwing money about. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's no shame that they've gone there. You know, the the money they're offering is, it's not quite Salford levels, but it's it's up there, apparently. Yeah, it seems like they've panicked a little bit, Barrow, haven't they? If last season realised we actually need to invest, we, we couldn't just cope with the squad we had in non-league, uh, League 2 level. Despite what a lot of people say, it is a big step up for clubs. Yeah. And especially when financial fair play comes in and you have to work around that as much as you can. Um, but yes, yeah, so Zanzala, the talk I've heard is that, like I said, League 1 clubs offered him very decent money originally but then they went very quiet and they, they, they came back to us and said well this is what we want this is what the league one clubs were offering and we sort of said well no this is what we're offering you they've shopped him round and Barrow have come in and with a, an offer that we were just like we can't match that and he's gone there it's frustrating to see him go there but just the way it is isn't it Paul Farman a little bit oh, different well, there's just oh, one on. thing I want to say about Zinzala he didn't even say goodbye to the fans so sod it it's true. I remember you were quite, <laughs> you were quite unhappy about that one at the time. Yeah, so. yeah. You know, at the end of the day, the fans were all for him at the end of the season. Could at least say, oh, I've worked with Short, thank you very much. You know, Paul Farman put a good good note up, you know, and did an interview. Zandala yeah. never. Maybe it speaks volumes for the characters, you know. Yeah, maybe the agents involved as well, basically, bigger them up to be bigger than they maybe really are, it's mm. fair to say. I mean, Paul Farman, like you said, it... We're not sure what deal he was offered, or it was a one-year deal, or it wasn't. The suggestion we've heard is it wasn't wasn't particularly great terms he was offered, considering how good a season he'd had. And Barrow had basically come in with a two-year deal on better terms. It's quite telling in the interview he did with John Coleman, isn't it? What he said there in, in terms of, well, I don't want to disrespect the club, so I'm not going to talk about that. If, if he'd basically said, look, Carl, I made a good offer, but Barrow blew out of the water, he would have said that, wouldn't he? The suggestion yeah, is that yeah. the offer he got from Carlisle wasn't a great one, yeah. in all fairness. So, and he's been offered two years. So. Yeah. I, I, I do think it'll be a difficult one to replace. I, I think people are a little bit overestimating how comfortable we should be with letting someone like him go. Magnus Norman might turn out to be a great keeper. I, I don't know yet. I, I find it hard. I find it puzzling that people are judging him on those four games he played and thinking, yeah, we've, we've got nothing to worry about. That. He's, he's better than Farman, is he? I'm not sure. I mean, well, Far- Farman's got over three, like 200, 300 games experience. Farman's Norman got 40 needs odd. Ha- Norman needs to have a good, solid start to the season. The problem we've got as if, well is... If he, if he is number one, we don't know. We might have another one coming in. This is where the challenge comes though, isn't it? Yeah. Who, who do we bring in as keeper? Because if you're bringing in a loan player, the talk was we were after Nathan Bishop from Manchester United, who's gone to Mansfield Town on loan. Yeah. I'd imagine 
Man United would have said, well, if he's coming to you, we want him to be first choice. We want him to be playing yeah, games. Yeah. At the start, at the very least. If he turns out he's not great, fine, you drop him. But if we're saying, oh, we're happy with Magnus Norman, then it's going to have to be someone to come in as a backup. So your choices there are either bringing a, an old head, an experienced head who's going to come in and effectively be happy to be second choice and you know play when he can. But then again, if someone like that, you'd probably want them to be keeper coach and we've already got a keeper coach. Mm. Or do you bring in someone young to challenge him and then Norman's not going to be happy he's not going to get his chance potentially. So it, it's a really tough one for Beach, that one actually. It's, it's probably one of the toughest signings he's going to have to make this summer because if you bring in someone in from a higher level club on loan, if they're, not, if they're happy for him to not be necessarily first choice, how good a keeper actually are they? That's the problem. Yeah. Are they going to yeah. be that good a quality? There you go. Uh, and finally, the, the last one who's who's moved on, who we know's moved on definitely for now, uh, Mari Patrick. He's joined League One side Burton Albion on a two-year deal. Can't knock a lot of this, really, can you? you know, he's, he's, he's been offered a, a deal by a, a League two, One two, club, Division Above. Two-year two deal, a League Above, of course he's going to sign it. You know? And he's based down south, isn't he, I think, originally. Yeah, so yeah. for him, yeah. it's a bit of a no-brainer. And yeah, I mean, you know, He dropped off a bit towards the end of last season, but he's clearly got I, talent. I'd say it was very split over whether fans would have kept him or not. So it's it's no real big deal that he's gone. I think it's one of those ones. I, I just look at it and think, well, a League One club's taking a chance on him. A League One club that finished last season really well as well. It should be noted. They, they, I think if you took their form from when Hasselbank took over as manager and put that over a full season, I think they would have been up in the playoffs in League One. That's how yeah. good Burton Allen were after Hasselbank came in. So they clearly rate him and think he's the player who can help them kick on. What happened with this trigger option? It wasn't very clear. There was, he said there was a review in there, which was a bit of a weird wording, wasn't it? Really, I have no idea what that even means. It's one of those ones you look and think: if there was a trigger there, why didn't we trigger it? We offered him a deal. Did we offer him reduced terms? And yet he's gone. Yeah. Did we think, oh, you know, he's not going to get much better than us, and he's ended up with a League One club? It's, it's a weird one. The negotiation on that one does puzzle me a little bit. But but there you go. Um, on the other hand, let's look at uh, the new faces that arrived in the building uh, on Warwick Road. Um, first up, Tristan Abrahams has joined on a two-year deal after, it should be said, turning down a new contract at Newport County. Uh, he did finish last season on loan at New- Leighton Orient, didn't he, from Newport? But the, by all accounts, Newport still, still did want to keep him, didn't they? Um, he's had some big moves in his career, hasn't he? He's been to Norwich City. I was going to say, he actually, he actually started at uh, Leighton Orient, He did, didn't yeah. He? I think he's had three spells there, hasn't he, in total? And yeah. He um he went to Norwich City for, for decent money when he was a, a youngster. It's never quite worked out there, has it, really? He's one of those players that sort of bobbled, bobbed along in the under-23s for a while. Yeah, I think I think he had loans. It was at Exeter and Yeovil. And, yeah. And then he uh, he went to Newport full-time. Yeah, so he's one of those ones that probably needs to kick on and really show what he can do in his career now, doesn't he? But... From the clips we've seen, he looks a big, strong lad, doesn't he? He looks like a player who's a decent finisher as well, actually. Something that stands out in the in the footage we've seen so far. So, I, I saw a lot of Orient yeah. fans saying they seem to play him on the left of a three. And there was two or three of them who seemed to be quite, you know, respected posters on there for them. Were saying, if only he'd been given a go down the middle. Yeah. You know, so... You, you think maybe next season... Beach is looking at Toure potentially to, to fill in that role down the left with fans being back, boosting his confidence and all yeah, that. Yeah, So you never know with that. Uh, next up, now this is one that certainly caught a lot of people's eyes, didn't it? Um, 
Zach Clough is signed on a two-year deal after his release by Wigan Athletic. Um, he's a player I remember a few years ago. was was the next big thing in the EFL, wasn't he? He was a player who was sought after by a lot of clubs when he started out at Bolton Wanderers. Um, he ended up going to Nottingham Forest for about three million pounds. Yeah, yeah, but he's just been blighted by injuries since then, hasn't he? He's, he's found a really tough time. He went back on. I, think, I, I think I think there's been a bit mm. more than injuries at Forest. From from he has he hasn't outright said what happened, but just hasn't worked, th- has it? I think it's clear that there was a bit of a falling out, and you know, but uh, no, he's he's obviously worked with Chris Beach before. Yeah, excuse me, at uh, Rochdale when he was on loan there. So, you know, he, he knows what he's about, which is quite a good thing. And, you know, a two-year deal, it, it's a decent commitment, that. You know, I mean, who's to say he might not have a brilliant season? We sell him for half a million come next summer, you know, which would work well for everyone if we've done well, you know. Yeah, exactly that, exactly but, that. Uh, I think he's one that fan, fans are excited to see play, aren't they, really? Because yeah, yeah. we, we know he's got ability. And he's not going to have lost that ability. It's just whether he can keep his fitness up and keep himself and get and be happy playing football. I think he said that in his interviews that he wants to actually enjoy playing football again and actually be happy on the pitch. And I'm pretty sure he'll get a decent reception from our fans, won't he? I think I'm sure they'll be, you know, our fans love that kind of player, don't they? With a few tricks in his box and stuff like that. So hopefully he can uh, show what he's got. And uh, finally, the third arrival, uh, Corey Whelan. He's made the same journey up the M6 from Wigan after his release. And he signed a two-year deal. Decent pedigree, this lad. He started out in Cruise Academy, went to Liverpool as a youngster. Um, and then he, he ended up back at Cruise, I think, after Liverpool and, and Yeovil as well for a brief while. And he's, he's been over in America, hasn't he? Playing in the, the United States uh, United States Soccer League or something like that, I think it is. The, it's it's yeah, level below it's, it's MLS. Le- the league below MLS, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Was it Phoenix Rising he was playing for or someone like that? Out there, yes. I think it was. Um, yes. So it's interesting decision that was um but he's he's come back to england he's been at wigan for a short period and now he's uh looking again to kickstart his career he's got uh island under 21 caps as well um he was captain of liverpool's under 23 so well too wasn't he, he can play across the back four he seems to be a, he's a, more a right-sided isn't he yeah. i know i know chris beach said he can play across the back four i think initially he'll be more back up for george tanner and aaron Hayden and sort of thing yeah with the chance to potentially kick on there um, yeah. But yeah, another one who you know fits the mold of the kind of player we're trying to bring in, isn't it? And sort of kickstart their career. And he's clearly got a good pedigree, hasn't he? By all accounts, and yeah, he, he yeah. looks a bit. When you see the pictures of him alongside Beach, he looks a big strapping lad, doesn't he? Yeah, so, I was going to say he looks quite a big lad, doesn't he? So yeah, so hopefully uh, we'll see how he gets on. Um, addition to that, um, Jack Armour signed an extended deal after we recorded our last episode, didn't he? And that, that's that's really encouraging news to keep him for two years, isn't it, Dan? Because he's been yeah, so definitely. brilliant. Last season, uh, Morgan Feeney he signed his uh contract, he's the only one who has so far out of the ones who were offered. Um, finally, though, still no update on Reese Bennett. It, it, it just seems like they're sort of quietly just sort of ignoring that now, aren't they? And just like he might turn up on the first day of pre season, you never know, do you? Really, it's, it's similar to like when Murphy turned down his deal, wasn't it, in the 2008 summer, and then suddenly quietly turned up again for pre season training, didn't he? So be interesting to see whether Bennett does reappear at Brunton Park. But um, mm, well, they were, uh, like I said, all the players have been back. So if he's if he's serious about staying, you would have thought he would have been there. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, okay, next bit of news, Dan. Uh, season ticket info has been finally published. Um, I mean, the club were quite. 
patient on this, weren't they, really? They wanted to wait and see what would happen with the lifting of some of the lockdown restrictions and stuff like that. And obviously that was delayed slightly. But I think they've got to the point now where they feel confident enough that, yeah, let's put season tickets on sale. So from next Monday onwards, um, season tickets will go on sale to people who had season tickets in the 2019-20 season, I think it is. They're, they're looking back that far. They're being quite fair on fans. Um, working on the basis that there'll be no social distancing. Um, prices frozen for the ninth season in a row. That, that, that Something fans seem to forget that, isn't it, really? And you forget that actually nine seasons ago... We were in League One. <laughs> we were a League Two side, were we? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's incredible. People forget that, and yet, you know, they complain. Oh, we need to be making more, investing more, making more signings. Well, they've not put the prices up, and you know, wages and stuff have risen in that time. So, yeah, yeah. you've got to look at it that way. When do we get to the point of the club when actually the club have to say, "Well, we're going to have to start raising prices here." That, that, one, that's one the problem. One thing I think the club have been writing as well is. The sort of drawn a line on last season because there was that many different options and things happened. You know, some people paid full upfront, some people didn't have direct debits taken. You know, some people did this, some people got caught, some people never. And I, I think it's right that they've sort of drawn a line and just said, "Look, we need to move on yeah. this season. You pay, and that's it." Yeah, exactly. That's the best way to do, isn't it? Um, so the usual benefits are all included. You know, your discounts in the club shop and things like that. Um, renewals will be getting a four-game saving across the season. Um, fans will be able to purchase their 2019-20 season seats. And those who didn't opt to take a refund last season are actually getting an extra game discount, which I think is quite a fair deal, actually, to be fair. And that's that's a decent thing to do for those people. Um, and the tickets go on sale on Monday the 28th of June. You get the full details on the official website, can't they? So... You know, hopefully, we'll be all standing together at Brunton Park next season. I don't know what you'll be doing, Dan, because you were you were in Warwick Road last year, weren't you? So yeah, I went in Warwick be? Road, and, and I'm normally a B stander, so I'll probably be back in the B stand. Yeah, one, one two, two, three, three, four, five. <laughs> if you want to stay alive, keep out the B stand, as the old chant goes. Um, I haven't heard that one in ages. Actually, I used to love that. It just one or two people would just start it up, wouldn't they? Brilliant yeah. stuff. Brilliant stuff. Uh, okay, the next one. Um, this one. Uh, emerged just this week, isn't it? Uh, the new kits have been unveiled for the 21-22 season. So um, the home shirt is a homage to the 74-75 season first division kit, albeit it looks like a, a less messy version of that dreadful effort by Sundico a few years ago that I think both of us picked as one of our worst ever Cal United kits on the kit special, didn't we? Um, yeah. it, it's... I, the the I difference just, is it's got a, it's blue shorts and blue socks as well. What, I mean, I'm not a fan, I'll be honest with you. The, the reaction's been good to it, but personally, not keen. I, I just think it's a crazy decision to release this kit when you're three seasons off the 50th anniversary yeah. and you could really have done something around that. Yeah. You know, you could really have built a campaign around it, your whole marketing, you know. Yes, there'll not be many players still about, but... You know, we could have, could have got any who still were up. You know, it's. I, I just think it's a bit of a missed opportunity. I, th- I think it's quite lazy, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, and, I, I, and I agree. Can I that. just say, Carlisle United Football Club do not play in blue shorts. <laughs> I know it's something that's wound you up big time. Oh, I agree with you. Blue shorts should be a backup if you have to wear them. In yeah, like, oh in yeah, you, you have to wear them occasionally. Yeah, I can put up with that. But, but yeah, no, hundred percent agree with you. White white shorts. 
And I think they should have black socks. I think we've we yeah, said this in our I, special. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to go old school for the black, black socks. socks. And to be honest, I'd go a step further. I'd take the red out of him, put gold back on it. Yeah. But that's, that's just my opinion. The away kit seems to be the popular one, doesn't it? It's got a bit of a Rochdale vibe to it, hasn't it? It's very similar to a home kit they had a few years yeah, ago, albeit in black it, rather than red, blue. It, it also it looks like the fifteen sixteen the Anfield year one, doesn't it? Yeah, it's quite similar to that. So it's yeah. basically a black shirt with a sort of vertical red, white and blue stripe going over the club crest and down the shirt. Um, it, it's okay. It's not too bad. I've heard a few people say it reminds them of a... Aquafresh or something like that, don't they? Because of the stripe. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, 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 it's okay, isn't it? I think I'd prefer personally just an all all black kit. I think it would be smarter, but I'd like to see them try something. Like a, a bright pink or something mad like that would be. Eddie, Eddie, do do like a stealth black one. I think it's is it Port Vale have got it. This, yeah. This I think last season possibly. I think they had one. I think it was that it. Yeah, but yeah. It's a, uh, maybe last year, but. The, the stealth black does yeah the look, blackout one yeah it's tiny, you know, sharp and smart and yeah it just yeah. it just feels like we've got the awake it's basically an off the shelf area thing because like i said rothschild area and they've had similar in recent years the home kit i just i think as well like cutting it out a bit to put the badge in there as well it just looks yeah. it, it looks it doesn't look as messy the Sondaco one, which had about a million different badges oh no the, the, the badges spoiled that one it, it's tidier than that but like you said, it's lazy and I just, it's just boring, isn't it? Just yeah, do something yeah. different. Like I said, do a Sampdori style with the, the white banner going across the chest instead. Because the, the sponsor's logo could look tidy then. You could have that right in the middle of it. But red piping on either side of the stripe if you really want to have red give, on it. Give me a set of felt tips half an hour in the <laughs> office and I'll knock up a set of kits that'll sell forever. Yeah, I know. You, you, yeah. You'd, you'd fancy it. <laughs> Goalkeeper kits. Um White, why, why are we wearing white as a goalkeeper kit? White's different. The, the, the major problem, I I think the red goalkeeping kit is actually a smart, the smartest of them all. Yeah. But the problem is when we play Stevenage and Exeter and possibly other teams, we might need a third goalkeeper kit. Yeah, I do wonder as well, if, the, if a team's playing in sort of a, a darker coloured blue... And we could have an issue with blue or black, and we might have to wear one of the goalkeeper kits potentially as an away shirt, possibly for those you, games. You could probably you could probably utilise the white goalkeeper shirt, couldn't you, into a kit quickly? Yeah. Because I think I think Rochdale have got blue with black pinstripes. I'd, it's quite thin, I though, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think the black will be enough, but it only takes a fussy referee to say, "Well, they have blue and black. What are you wearing?" Yeah. You that's know, why you have the problem there, isn't it? We end up wearing the yeah. goalkeeper shirt. Should say the white goalkeeper kit as well does look very escape to victory, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. I did tweet uh, that Magnus Norman looked like he was about to play a free ball to Pele on the photos, and <laughs> yeah. uh, Magnus liked that post, so very nice of him. Um, so, yeah, they're on sale now. I, I, despite what I've said, I will be buying them because I'm a collector. And I like well, I, shirts, I, I, so. I only buy the shorts, so yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll probably buy all four pairs of shorts over the season. Even the blue ones? Oh, yeah, I'll still buy them. <laughs> you just don't like them. Yeah, I, 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 anyone who knows me knows I wear shorts pretty much 24-7. 365 uh, days a year. <laughs> they should not be on the home shirt. No. In fact, the blue shorts would look good with the red keeper's top as an alternative kit. There you yeah, go. Definitely, definitely. I need to go for a quick piss, mate, so I'll give you one sec. <laughs> Are you keeping think. this in? No, I'll cut it out, obviously. <laughs>
Oh, that's better. I'm that's just better. calling it the Midsummer episode recording. Yeah, yeah. no worries. Um, right, I'll come straight in. Right, well, I think that's enough chat about kits and that sort of stuff then, Dan. So let's move on to the last bit of news, and that's uh, the fact that two more preseason fixtures have been announced. So when we last recorded, we obviously talked about the fact that most of the games against the non-league sides have been announced, and there was spaces there that we presumed were going to be for maybe League One or Championship clubs. Um, we weren't 100% right, were we, on that one? <laughs> I think it's fair to say. So, um, so yeah, there's been three more fixtures added to the list. Um First up, the uh, newly promoted championship side Blackpool will be coming to Brunton Park on Saturday, the 24th of July, with 3 pm kickoff. So that'll be a chance to see uh, Jerry Yates and Gary Medine back in action at Brunton Park. Um, I don't really fancy our defence coming up against them to that game to you because <laughs> they had a hell of a good season last year. Mind you, it does depend on whether Jerry Yates is still there, doesn't it? Because yeah, he's been uh, touted by a few clubs, I think. Blackburn are favourites for him if uh, Armstrong goes there. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a good sign for them, I think it's fair to say. Um, so yeah, that's on the 24th. Uh, the next up, on the Tuesday after that, 27th of July, we're playing Everton under 23s behind closed doors. Um, interesting one, this one, because obviously the chances are that Jared might come up against us, mightn't he? Mm. Play for, whether, well, he might be a part of the Everton first team squad by then, though. You never know with these things, do you? It depends who the new manager is and what they decide to do at Everton. Um well, it might, it might be it might be on his way to Real Madrid by the time. <laughs> hey, you can only, uh, honestly, the, the fact that Ancelotti's gone to Real Madrid couldn't have worked out better for us if he really I does know. rate yeah. Jared that highly. Because if he imagine if he does well at Everton, they might well come in and make a bid for him. It's, it's not totally unrealistic to say that, is it? Really, <laughs> crazy, that, isn't it? Imagine we're fantastic money via Real Madrid. But there you go. Um, and then the, the final pre-season fixture got a big glamour tie at Brunton Park, haven't we? Friday Night Lights. Yes. Halifax Town from the National League are coming to Brunton Park for a pre-season. I don't get this, right? Don't say you've got games that are going to get fan. You know, fans will be interested and will want to watch. And then announce <laughs> you're quite, playing a bloody National League side. I'll be quite honest, it's boiled my p- that's the end it's, of just, it. it's ridiculous, isn't it? Don't, don't tell us you've got an exciting fiction and that's what you've yeah. got. It's just, just, just nonsense. <laughs> it's... It's peak Carlisle United. It smacks a bit of desperation, doesn't it? You do wonder mm. if... I don't know. Maybe, if maybe, been, maybe being knocked back from a couple or other teams have changed plans. Or... Yeah. <sighs> Just the way it is, isn't it? Because I know they said about the League Cup draw, which we'll get into in a minute, obviously. Um, they said, didn't they, that you could potentially move your game to this weekend, couldn't you, or during this week, if you wanted to free up a space after the first game of the season instead. Um but I imagine we're probably not doing that. I think our game's pretty much been confirmed for the Tuesday, hasn't it, I think? So, so yeah. So, yeah. There you go. Big glamour tie against Halifax Town. Don't don't rush at once to get your tickets. Take it easy. There you go. Um, okay, then, Dan. Um, the only last bit of news is it's whether you want to talk a bit about CUSG and the SLO and a few bits like that. Yeah. Uh, the supporters groups... Uh Finally appointed a new SLO, uh, Simon Clarkson, who was chair of CUSG and well-known from the London branch, has stepped up to become the head of the SLO team. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, a couple of folks helping him, uh, one one at home, another for away games, and uh, Jeff, who was the SLO, will still be doing the uh, sorting the meters and greeters yep. around Brunton Park, so... Uh, 
you'll see them in their lovely high-vis jackets <laughs> we sorted for them. Yeah. And the the other thing that uh, they've sort of they've been involved in CUSG recently is catering. Yeah. Uh, as people will have seen, John Watt Coffee uh, are using their catering arm to come on board with the club. The club are in charge overall in-house. But uh, John Watt are using, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, they pride themselves on using local stuff. So they obviously have their own coffee. They've got uh, the Cumbrian Tea Company yep, from out west that. on board. Uh, McCall's Bakers from Upperby, up the road from me. They're, uh, they're the uh, new pie suppliers after the, uh, the pie tasting <laughs> down at uh, the club the other week. There was four, four different suppliers and uh, they sort of came out on top because they were decent and they can handle the uh, the numbers required type yeah. thing. Uh, they also had uh, Lakeland Steaks aren't coming back, but there'll be another burger van in the oh. car park and there'll also be a fish and chip van. Oh, right. So, yeah. yeah. Bit of a shame I, that Lakeland Steaks aren't coming back because they didn't yeah, enjoy this. I think, uh, I think the plan over time is to try and sort of have no cars in that area of the car park and you know maybe even get an outdoor barn in time because it's all licensed yeah. on there isn't it so it is that's true but yeah the, the the one big thing about the catering is there seems to be there's a willingness to make it work uh, i know they're going contactless on a lot of stuff so you know you won't be fishing about for 50ps and mm -hmm. also the they're, they're going to launch an app where you can order your pie and pint at half time you'll get an order number mm -hmm. You just go down to the counter, say, oh, three, two, six, uh, pie and a pint, there you go, mate. And that's it. Brilliant. So hopefully, I mean, there'll probably be teething problems initially. There's bound to be. Yeah. It's all new. But uh, I think if folk give them a chance and uh, they also, they'll be asking for a lot of feedback over the, the coming weeks, you know, tell them what works, what doesn't. And uh, hopefully, Caitlin will take an upturn. Yep, definitely. Uh, the only other bit is the bit about the CUSG chair, but to be honest, we, we could spend a, a fair while talking about that, so let's just tell everyone to yeah, go I'm, look on I'm the official bored. website. I'm, I'm, I'm bored with it already. <laughs> yeah, so let's just, just go look on the official website and you'll find all the details there for that. Um, okay, news has taken a bit longer than I thought, Dan. There's been lots of fit in there, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll take a little quick break now and then we'll be back to talk about the fixtures and look what the X-Blues have been getting up to over the uh, summer. So we'll, uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Hi, this is George Tanner. You are listening to the Brunton Bugle. And we're back for part two. So yeah, Dan, uh, it's that time of year again, isn't it, where we all get ridiculously overexcited and annoyed by a list of team names. Uh, yep, it's fixture release day. Uh, so United fixtures are now out and we've all had a chance to look over them. And generally, it, it looks good the way things have panned out. It hasn't been too bad. Before me and you talk about it, um, I got Mike to record a little message for us because unfortunately it wasn't available to record today but Mike gave us our thoughts on that and just a few general thoughts on how things have gone this summer I've not actually listened to this yet so I don't know what he said <laughs> there could be something really offensive in here and I wouldn't even know it but we'll, uh, we'll, edit, we'll edit it out if there is I'm, I'm sure there won't be but here you go here, here's some of Mike's thoughts so yeah I, uh, I quite like the look of the uh, fixtures I think we've got a decent start a decent end and we're not travelling too far at Christmas. There's no sort of run in there that I would say, oh, that's a really tough run of games. But obviously, we'll know more when sort of teams are, are fully assembled, if you like. Um, speaking of teams fully assembled, I've um, 
I've been a bit naughty and I've put money on Barrow to go up this season, if you if you can forgive me. Um, I just think the players that they've signed from us will do really good for them. Obviously, last season goes without saying. If we had a 15, 20 goal a season striker, we'd have done a lot better. And I think in Scott Quigley, they've already got that. Um, you know, and Zanzala will give away, well, will will earn a lot of free kicks, and Jamie Devitt loves scoring them. But obviously, this this isn't about Barrow, is it? You know, we're not Radio Cumbria. Um, but yeah, the the team that we're assemb- assembling, I think, um, is looking good so far. But I think Farman is going to be a massive, massive loss. Like, I don't think you can underestimate just how much we're going to miss him. And I think, um, obviously, trying to find a replacement of his standard isn't going to be easy. But, you know, the sands that we've brought in so far have been good and hopefully we we can bring in a, a good keeper and, you know, I'll be backing us to be right up there as well. can't believe he's done that. Back, back in Barrow to go up. Shocking. He's not going to be invited back. I'll tell you that much. Anyway, he's a, <laughs> that's Mike's last appearance on the show. Now, any kidding, really? <laughs> but yeah, so there, there's some of Mike's thoughts before we do include that, so you get to hear a little bit from him. Uh, but yeah, looking at the fixtures, Dan. I mean, first up, obviously, we mentioned the fact that we've we've been drawn against Sheffield United away in the Carabao Cup, which is technically based on last season's standings, the toughest draw we could have had, isn't it? <laughs> when you look at yeah. it, because because the two of the Premier League teams, the t- teams that relegate from the Premier League aren't included this stage either. They come in at the next stage just to balance things out in terms of number of teams in the draw and that kind of thing. So Sheffield United are basically the highest place from last season, technically, team that we could face this season. Um, yeah, it, it's... Um, we, we, did, we did also feature in another cup draw yesterday, but... Uh, we don't discuss that. It was that. E- Everton in the Papa John's, so nobody really cares. Why are you even talking about it? We're not allowed. We don't well, talk about no, it. No, we've got to be fair. There will be some odd body will go. But, you know. <sighs> hashtag B team boycott. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. We don't report on those games. So that's all you're going to get to hear on it for now. I, uh, I wash my hair on those evenings. And those of you who know me know how little <laughs> I have. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. And um, yeah, looking at generally, starting up with Colchester at home on the opening day, the CUFC Derby. Happy enough with that. You know, they've. They've struggled over the last season and a half, really, haven't they, Colchester? They've they've really been hit by sort of cutbacks there and long trip for them. Not many other fixtures you probably would have picked, really, for an opening day at home, would you, at Brunton Park? No, it's uh, always always nice to start at home, you know. Get a, hopefully get a big crowd in, you know, if everything's right. And after after a certain uh, member of the uh, government was caught in the papers today, I I can't foresee there being many uh, obstacles because nobody will listen anymore. But that's my little rant out the way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's a good it's good solid and followed by a, a trip to Swindon, who are in absolute bedlam. Yeah, I mean, we just we just before we recorded today, we find out that uh, their manager John McGreal and his assistant have both left the club. Apparently, they've got a load of signings lined up to join, but they can't join them because there's an ongoing legal battle I think something to do with the ownership of the club and their chief executive has left today as well they've only got 10 players signed up for this season I think they've signed Pierce Sweeney I think they saw they signed from Exeter he must be looking now and thinking what on earth have I done (laughs) yeah play of his quality as well to go to a club that's a basket case like that I'm guessing they must have got him in before this legal case started but basically that 
they haven't even announced season ticket plans for this season, Swindon. And we thought we announced ours late. It, it's not looking great for them. So again, like you said, as a first away game, at the moment, you know, it could change. It, it doesn't look a bad trip to have, really. <laughs> Excusing the fact that it's a long distance. But but yeah, just, just a bit of a bit of a weird one there going on at uh, Swindon Town right now. Um, so yeah, good first trip up. Then obviously a trip to Swindon, I think, followed by a trip to Port Vale, who we, we expect to be a, a very good side of it this season. I think they made some... I mean, we said the same last summer, but they seem to have got a manager in who, who knows this level and has got out of this level before, at least now. So that should make a difference for them. Um, August Bank holiday weekend on the Saturday. It's a, a return for a trip that a lot of our fans do enjoy. Hartlepool United away, isn't it? Yeah, uh, obviously hope away fans are allowed. It'll be disappointing if uh, there's only, you know, a couple hundred or whatever. It won't be quite the same, but... Yeah. Nice, uh, nice local trip. A bit controversial here, but um, I was a bit disappointed the talk he didn't come up instead. Because, uh, because yeah. to be honest, yeah, I'm a bit bored of Hartlepool. I don't Hartlepool as a trip. I, I don't enjoy that much. <laughs> I, I just don't class them as a rival. Yeah, you know they've got Darlington and Hartlepool hate each other, and I always, I always thought there was a bit more bite when we played Darlington as opposed to Hartlepool. It used to be a lot of fun going down that back alley, didn't it, to the away end at Feetons. Oh. I remember that. Um, but yeah, so that's a, that's a, one of the first big away trips of the season, actually. So quite early on, and hopefully the weather's still nice, and hopefully fans will be allowed to go to that one. That's the, yeah. that's the hope, isn't it? Um, Chris, uh, Christmas time hasn't been too bad, has it? No. That, that. Would, uh, would, I'm just looking. We're at home the Saturday before Christmas to Bradford, so yeah. it should be what's normally a, a lesser crowd could be a decent crowd. Mm. Uh, Boxing Day home to Rochdale, uh, Salford away between Christmas and New Year, which is which is an evening kickoff. Frustratingly, <laughs> yeah. But uh, Scunthorpe on New Year's Day is a bit grim. Oh, who the hell wants to go <laughs> to Scunthorpe on New Year's Day? A stinking hangover. I remember in the early nineties when I was about fifteen, so probably been ninety three ish. Mm-hmm. We played Hereford away on New Year's Day, and we went and. It was one of those where I, we just sort of stood in that horrible, horrid away end at Edgar Street and went, why the hell did we come here today? Yeah, I know the feeling. But, uh, yeah. I know the feeling. I think I think you've done a, a long trip on New Year's Eve before, haven't you, to Gillingham? We, we did it? Gillingham for a noon kickoff. We actually got the sleeper train from Carlisle <laughs> to London. And then uh, we got the last train northbound back out of Euston, which was, <laughs> as it was going up to Glasgow, it was a proper party train. It was a, a good trip. Like that was 94, I think it was. Yeah, around about that time, seems to remember. Yeah. That would have been a balmy one, that one. Um, yeah, so then obviously the next sort of big sort of date fix, I suppose you would say, would be Good Friday when we're away at Walsall, which uh, my good friend Johnny, who listens to this, and we went to Walsall a couple of years ago, would be delighted with that one because uh, he's a big fan of the pub near to Walsall's ground that does curries, which he insists is the best curry he's ever had. I mean, it didn't look that good to me, but he was wolfing it down in like seconds and telling me it was great. So <laughs> he's saying that's exactly what the good Lord would have wanted on Good Friday for him to go to Walsall and have a curry and then watch yeah. a dreadful game of League Two football. Um, yeah. Easter Monday, Mansfield at home. Um, and another team you'd expect to probably be up there this season, wouldn't you? I'd think of they signed yeah, Danny yeah. Johnson, haven't they? I think um, from Leighton Orient. 
Um, let's, let's let's get on to the last ones, though, because the last home game, Stevenage, yeah, fair enough. But yeah. the final day, what a, what a trip this is, Bradford. Cause this I mean, could this could be good because they they'll want to be up there. Hmm. We want to be up there. Although, when you look at some of the signings he's made this summer so far, Derek Adams, as someone pointed out to me, does he know he's not Morecambe manager anymore? Because <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's signed a couple of players. You look and you think. They're not that great. Well, well, you can sign good players now, you know. <laughs> you can't slag him off because he took Markable. Exactly, exactly. Could, <laughs> you know? could, could well do it there, but you yeah. sometimes find when you do it at a smaller club and then you try and transpose yeah, that to a yeah. bigger club, it just doesn't quite work, does it? But but there you go. Um, so, yeah, and then obviously picking out some of the other, the other key trips from the season. Uh, the first trip to face Sutton United for the first, I think first time in our history. Don't we played them in the Cups, have we ever? Don't recall no, ever. not that I'm aware yeah. of. It's the first trip to Sutton United. That is on Saturday, the 25th of September. Um, nice little trip, that one, is it? Towards the start of the season. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm. Uh, I think my shifts are good for that. So, looking forward to that. Yeah, it should be a good one. That I think Mike as well. I think it might be off that weekend, so we'll be mm. making the trip down. I think it's one of the ones I was having looking at. It. There's actually a station right next to their ground, isn't it? Yes, literally next door. You- you have to change at the main Sutton to get to it, I think. I'm not sure you do. I think it's on the Thameslink line, I'm sure it is. I think mm. basically if you go to... Um, Thameslink takes forever though, trust me. Uh, it's not too bad. I think we looked at the times and I'm sure it was. Yeah. It, it, it worked fairly. I think it, there's like maybe five minute difference if you take the other yeah. route. But you obviously yeah. don't have to change. And, but yeah, there's a direct route from St Pancras all the way down to Sutton basically. So yeah. that'll be a, a decent little trip. I might be able to do a few pub stops on the way as well on that one. Because um, that's one of the advantages of going to London, isn't it? It's literally tap and go, isn't it? So you can go yeah, on and off yeah. at stations as you wish. Um, so yeah, we'll be doing that. We might do a special podcast on that episode, maybe on a what it's like to do a nice London away trip. In fact, we'll, we'll let you on a little secret on a sponsorship deal we've managed to sort for the podcast at the end of the, today's episode that kind of links to that. Um, next up, uh, our first game with fans at Harrogate. Uh, that is on Saturday the 23rd of April. I think that's the penultimate away game of the season isn't it I think so hopefully nicer weather as well for that one so that should be a nice little trip to Betty's Tea Rooms finally get a chance to do that one Um, I mean that's the is that the third shortest away trip of the season and Bradford might be a little bit closer I'm not sure yeah it's kind of a uh, weird one isn't it Um, so yeah we've got that one to come up and then obviously the one that a lot of people are going to talk about is the Barrow fixtures aren't they because the fans weren't allowed for either of those games last season we play Barrow at home on Saturday the 14th of November and the away game is on Saturday the 19th of March. I'm a bit annoyed about the home game being on that date because I've actually got tickets to go to the Rugby League World Cup uh, uh, sorry, quarterfinals at Anfield that day. So that's a really annoying one for me. So I've got to make my mind up whether I'm still going to that game or I want to come to watch Carlo play Barrow. So uh, very frustrating that for me. Um, but I'm sure fans will be looking forward to both of those games, weren't they, Dan? They will, they will. Indeed. And uh, just a couple of other points I picked out here. Um, both Newport games are on bloody midweeks again. And this is really annoying me because I still haven't ticked off Newport <laughs> as a ground. And I keep thinking, well, does, you know, does a higher power not want me to ever go to Newport? Probably for I'm, good reason. I'm, I'm the same with Forest Green. Uh, I think this season it's, it's ended up when I'm actually on a, a postponed trip to Amsterdam. So I'll miss Forest Green again. Another one I need to tick off, actually. I think I've got Forest Green, Sutton, Salford, Harrogate, and there's one over that I can't remember that I need to tick off yeah. as well. I need I need to do Barrow as a league club. I've been there to watch Workington play in the 
the Unibon President's Cup. What a great competition that is. Eh? <laughs> yeah. um, I think there's one other team that I can't for the life of me remember who they are. So there's those ones to tick off. I mean, when you look at it, there's no, as Mike said, there's no real tough runs in there, is there? I mean, the start of the season actually looks quite kind to us. Take away that Port Vale game, maybe. We don't really have a tough game until we face Salford, I think, during uh, September. So it's, it's not too bad. And even the running's not too bad. I think the, December maybe looks a bit tricky. Some tough games in there. And maybe mid-March to mid-April, there's a bit of a sticky run there. But bar that, it doesn't look like... I think we looked last season. There was a point where there was a real bad run of games, it looked, wasn't there? And there was a few concerns about that. But this season, it doesn't look too bad, does it? No, uh, I know. I know. Uh, when we looked at the end of last season, there was oh, oh you know, oh, it could be a little run there, a little run here. But no, it's at the end of the day. If if we're serious about being up there, and let's be honest, we've got to be aiming higher than tenth. We've, we've got to be top seven for me. Uh, should we be bothered when we play everyone? Not really. No. Let, let, let let's make teams scared of us coming to play them. Exactly that, exactly that. I'm sure other teams will be looking and thinking, you know, they, they had a fairly decent season last season, you know, although they've lost a few key players, they've strengthened, they're going to be up there again. That's what you'd hope, wouldn't you? The one thing that does actually stand out, it's hard to get used to, is there's a lot less midweek games this season, isn't there? Yeah, it was like yeah. 10 or 11 last year, and you look at it now, and I think it's yeah. five, I think, if that. So, so yeah, I think both our games against Port Vale are midweek as well. Um, so, yeah, I think they're the two teams, Newport and Port Vale are the two teams we're facing in midweek games this season. I think there's one over against Salford, obviously the the Christmas game. Um and that's it for fixtures really, isn't it? Um yeah, just it's just gonna be exciting to actually be able to plan away trips again, hopefully. That's that's the ones we're looking at. And later on it's another one we'll look to arrange because we'll look to meet up with the guys from the Lowdown podcast after we spoke to them about a billion times last season <laughs> for various games that were called off and whatnot. Um okay Dan then let's finish off this week's episode with the uh the X-Files roundup, and my word, it's a bumper X-Files section for you this week. That's, that's, that's why I've just been quiet for the last minute. I've just been getting my uh, my <laughs> breath ready. Yes. But, uh, right, here we go. Cup finals. Uh, former Loneys James Brown and Michael O'Halloran completed the Scottish Cup double with St Johnston. They beat Hibs 1-0 in the final. Uh, Ex-Blues defender Josh Gowling saw his Hereford side Beaten 3-1 in a FA Trophy final against Hornchurch. Uh, former trialist was, was scraping the battle yeah. here. Jan Klukowski also came on for Hereford. It's interesting, uh, that, one, that that Scottish Cup final game, I, I went round to my mate Johnny's house to watch that in his back garden. Because he, he, he quite likes Hibs. God almighty, what an awful game of football that was. <laughs> The only the only light highlight for me was seeing those two players come on, thinking, "Oh, these play for Carlisle." Yeah, and then actually, yeah. all the other games I watched that day, I watched some Bundesliga, and then I watched that. Um, I think it was the F, the League One semi final between Lincoln and Sunderland, and uh, like I said, the FA Trophy final were all much more exciting games <laughs> than the one I'd actually gone to watch. Yeah, funny that. Uh, promotion. Uh, Dean Buzounsnis helped Sutton United into yeah. the AFL. Uh, Gary Medine and Jerry Yates were playoff winners with Blackpool. Uh, Gary Liddell, also a playoff winner with Hartlepool, back into the EFL. Uh, former youth defender Jordan Marshall helped Dundee back to the SPL via the playoffs. Uh, obviously, Christy Elliott from the other season plays there too. And then uh, Morecambe, the Cole Stockton, Nathaniel Knight-Persville and John O'Sullivan all won promotion to League One. 
it's an incredible achievement that for Morecambe, isn't it, to get up to League yeah. One, really, when when you consider how small the budget is there. and yeah. They're basically all cast-offs, players who've essentially failed elsewhere, is what they've, yeah. they've, they've built up. I know a lot of clubs like that, but for them, it's just fair play to them. What an achievement. Yeah. Uh, relegation. Gary Dicker was part of the Kilmarnock side, relegated for the S- from the SPL for the first time in years. Uh, he's been released, but I think Kilmarnock <laughs> have they've got a lot of problems. Apparently, Kilmarnock cleared so. the decks, haven't they? They've they've yeah. really struggled ever since Steve Clark left them, haven't they? Really, they've just yeah. not managed to sort things out. Yeah. Uh, transfers. Wow, this is the list. Nice. Cam- Cameron Salkeld from Morton to Air. He just Adam moves Scottish clubs, doesn't he, Cameron? <laughs> he seems to. Adam Cullen, Kettering Town to Basford United. Uh, promotion didn't matter to Nathaniel Knight Percival. He's gone to Tranmere, and then John O'Sullivan's gone to Accrington. Freaky uh, deal for him as well. That's a hell yeah, of a good deal yeah. out for him. <laughs> Tom Parks went from Exeter City to Livingston. That's a bit of a random one. It's a trek, isn't it? Yeah, Reese James, who became a bit of a goal getter last season for Donny, has moved on to Blackpool. Good deal for him. Yeah. Uh, Lee Miller has gone to East Kilbride from Falkirk. He wasn't actually registered as a player at Falkirk. I think he effectively retired yeah. to be yeah, one of the coaching staff. Yeah. I think he's more a player coach at East Kilbride, yeah. isn't he? Possibly. Uh, Jack Bridge has gone from Bromley back to Southend. Well, he nearly signed for Southend last summer, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they turned and him down. And now suddenly they're like, hadn't he? Yeah. yeah, and he turned them down. Yeah. And they're like, oh, actually, maybe we should have him back. Because he did well at yeah. Bromley, I think, yeah. Joe McKee has gone from Queen of the South to Dumbarton. He's just two in the Scottish clubs, that lad. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, Andy Cook went from Mansfield to Bradford. He was obviously on loan there, so that wasn't a surprise. Yeah. Uh, interesting one here. Macaulay Gillespie has left Brisbane Raw and he's signed for Plymouth. Uh, Plymouth can pay quite decent wages, mm. so I wonder if he's been offered a good couple of year deal there. And yeah. you know, uh, where are we up to? Sorry, there's so many on this list. Uh, Ryan Bowman. Gone to Shrewsbury from Exeter. Uh, former former central defender on loan, Max Aimer, has gone back to Gillingham for a second spell from Bristol Rovers. Uh, Arthur Gnauer has went to Morecambe from Bolton. Ben McKenna has went from <laughs> Spennymoor United to Farsley Celtic. Proper um, northern non-league size, though, <laughs> yeah. aren't they? Mark Ellis has gone from Tranmere to Barrow. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, you can relax so, on that before now, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, managers and coaches. Uh, that bloke's agreed to stay at Oldham. Keith Gale. Go on. Uh, Danny Granger and Tony Keg have joined the coaching team at Falkirk as assistant and goalkeeper coach. Yeah. Uh, that'll be a, a miss for Reds, obviously. But yeah. uh, Greg Abbott's in an advisory role at Solihull and Moors to, uh, who was it got appointed again? Neil Ardley. Neil Ardley, that was it, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he of the massive telly, yeah. Darren Kelly, has become Newport County's very first sporting director. Mm. Sporting director is basically a director of football. It's just yeah. different clubs use different it, terms. It's the title they generally use in Germany, isn't it, I think, basically, yeah, for the yeah. guy who supports yeah. the manager by doing all the technical side and sort and stuff and out. We, we, we've got a couple of extras. Uh, Glenn <laughs> Murray has announced his retirement as a professional footballer. A little sub-note here, if you're wanting something to watch over the summer and you've got Amazon Prime, uh, the Crystal Palace five-part documentary is brilliant yeah. and Glenn Murray features quite a bit on that. I'll have to give that a watch. And uh, Brad Potts seemingly needed a, a poo. He just happened to do it on a car. 
See, I put this in the running order as Brad Potter's been a naughty boy in the hope that you would avoid mentioning actually what he'd done. <laughs> he's done it. The video's up there to see. So. <laughs> it's up for everyone to see. Dear God. I'm sorry. sure there's a tale behind it, but... I think, yeah, I, think, I, think, I think it was the Daily Star, so if you search Brad Potter's Daily Star on your search engine, you'll find it. Yeah, I, I think... That's all we'll say. I think it, it's a few years old, the video, by all accounts. Yeah, yeah. He was a bit of a jack of the lad when he was at Carlisle, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, a little yeah. bit underrated because we had people like Gary Mudine at the club at the time and people thought he was the, the nutter, but yeah. So yeah, been a bit of a naughty boy, but he's doing quite well at Preston, actually, to be fair on him, so there you go. Um, yeah. And that's it done. That's it for our fixtures special. Um, probably focused on more than the other stuff than we did on the fixtures, really, in the end, but, yeah. but there you go. Um, thanks for joining me. Um, it's probably going to be a couple of weeks at least more before we do another proper episode isn't it yeah um, we'll uh we'll, we'll probably uh do one around uh when the friendlies start up again in a couple two or three weeks yeah but we're both going to try to get a couple of the friendlies aren't we i think yeah, i'm yeah. able to get to chorley and lancaster at the very least i should i should be at penrith possibly chorley yeah. and maybe lancaster so brilliant stuff we'll, yeah. we'll get you some reports from those games over the season um, just we'll, 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 we could maybe condense it into like one episode after them or something, you know. Possibly, by the way, we do. Yeah. By the way, we do it. Um, just a little update here. We obviously mentioned towards the end of last season we were looking for people to potentially sponsor the podcast, and we're pleased to announce that for next season, the second half of the podcast, so the preview section generally of each episode, is going to be sponsored by the Cal United uh, London branch of the Sports Club. Um, very kindly, they've uh, agreed to. to gives a bit of wonga to keep it going because it isn't free to run this I'll, I'll be honest with you we've got obviously got a host and stuff like that and obviously pay for the online studios and stuff like that but they've been brilliant and really supportive thanks so much to those guys there for that um so they'll be getting a mention on every episode they'll also be providing us when, when particularly when we've got away games they'll be giving us a bit of a info on pubs to go to and any travel information you need to know I, for I, the games. I, I was hoping you were going to say they were going to share the cheese and wine on the way hey back. hey behave they'll they'll You'll be getting a, a special package of cheese and wine sent to you, Dan, as part of the sponsorship deal, I'm sure. Good, good. There you go. There you go. So, yeah, thanks to those guys again for sponsorship. We're still looking for other guys. If you, if you want to sponsor maybe the first half of the show or something like that, just give us a shout and uh, we'll look at sorting something out for you. Um, so, yeah, if you've got any feedback or comments or anything you'd like to suggest we discuss on the show, uh, please send them in via Twitter to Bugle, by email to bruntandbugle at gmail.com or find us on our Facebook page or on the be Justin Fear Not Facebook page. We're always on there, Dan, aren't we? Cracking about all things. Yeah, yeah. Carl United. Yeah, and you obviously you can find the podcast on all the usual podcast apps or you can subscribe, whether it's Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all all good apps. Just search for Brunton Bugle. If, if you can't find us on any of them, let us know and we'll try and get ourselves onto those apps as well. Um, there's not really much to update on the world map of listeners, Dan, because we haven't had no, episodes we haven't, out we haven't really had to listen to, have no. we? <laughs> um, if you're looking for any other bits to listen to, you can always go back and listen to some of our special episodes. Just look for them on your podcast apps or look for them on our website, brunnettbeagle.com. You can find them. We did a great little one with uh, um, Jeff from Fox Analytics quite originally talking about the statistical side of United's 2021 yeah, season. Yeah, definitely worth a listen. Well worth a listen. Obviously, we did the interview with George Tanner as well, didn't we? A while yeah. back. That's a that's a good listen too. We we just need to finish also editing off our best eleven ones. We'll yes. uh, we'll well, probably start we'll probably start getting them out as the friendlies uh, start kicking in. So yeah. you know, just so you've got something to listen to. I, I have nearly finished your one. Actually, I should yeah. say that it's, it's well, a bit of a slog to get it done. But I then. I will try and produce a list of tied in with pre season trialists. 
Yes. We do, do a little special on some of the, the great and good trialists we've had over the years. It's basically going to be half an hour of you talking about Lauren Shankland, isn't it, basically? From Christopher <laughs> Diaz to Godfrey Abibo. You you just basically want to talk about Lauren Shankland for half an hour, don't you? Now, Keith Kerr was wrong to let him go. Well, I've, I've been proven right. <laughs> exactly that. Shankland and Cosgrove would have won the league in the two up front. <laughs> It, yeah. was, it was obvious on that sunny day at Carlisle City in the friendly. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it was. Of course it was. Dan, thanks so much for joining me as usual. No, thanks, thanks everyone for listening and uh, enjoy the summer and up the blues. Up the blues.